Hi guys, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Courtney. And we are Florida the Florida Girlies. girlies. <laughs> the Florida Girlies. <laughs> Florida Girlies. Welcome back to the one and only podcast that is just for you and for us and for all of your girly friends. Mm. It's Florida Girlies. <laughs> I was actually looking for a totally different story because I had been researching and heard about this specific set of murders and I was super interested in learning the twists and turns and like how they all connected and I <laughs> went to watch a documentary Um And I clicked the wrong episode somehow. (laughs) And it's still the episode that I watched still ended up being about a Florida murder. And it ended up being, I mean, this one made way more sense initially than the first one did anyway. No super trigger warnings here. Like there's not a ton of graphics. Trigger warning, there will be murder. Yeah, trigger warning, there's murder. (laughs) I don't know how to say that. Um, But all right, let's dive in. I'm excited. (laughs) all right so we are in daytona beach florida uh if you are familiar with daytona it is on the east coast it's um below jacksonville and uh above where the shuttle goes off so it's like kind of right smack in the middle of there it's a huge beach town where tons of people from out of town come for spring break and summer um the daytona 500 is there um there are a few colleges there uh i personally have like tons of fond memories in daytona do you have fond memories there kate i do actually you do yeah there so there's this big hotel like right on the beach there that used to host um dance conventions Uh um specifically clogging conventions (laughs) (laughs) and I used to go all the time and see all my friends and just take like workshops and stuff and it was really fun I love that mine were very different I dated a girl there (laughs) oh my god yeah yeah so I went (laughs) to Daytona quite a bit and then I also um I have just been up with friends, uh, like all through high school and then, you know, even after high school and after college. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty consistent like place to go and just relax, but mm. I love the contrast of our experiences. I know. I'm like, I, I was a clogger. <laughs> I was a clogger. <laughs> That's still my favorite thing, like probably ever, because I don't know anyone else except you who clogs. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so that's Daytona. Is. Daytona is like where we're at right now. And we're based um, in the year 2010. So this is the year before I graduated high school. So I like when I'm thinking 2010, it's it feels like absolutely forever ago. Um, mm-hmm. But for the people who are affected, I mean, it feels like just yesterday. So oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So let's dive into the story. Um, the woman that I'm going to be talking about today, her name is Goldie Robinson. She was homegrown. She was a West Virginia girl originally, and she moved to Florida for her kids. One of them had asthma, so she wanted to move to Florida. Um, loved them with her whole heart. She was super strong. She was self-sufficient um, mentally, physically, um, but not financially. She wasn't like super wealthy or anything. Um, and after her kids moved out, she actually was able to save enough and buy a home 
in the Twin Oaks mobile home park. So um, she was super safe. She had a great group of close friends. Um, she had a, an incredible son named Fred, um, who had really great contact with her on a regular basis. So no one really in her life had reason to worry about her or really have any type of concern because of the strong life that she had lived up until this point and also the close network of people that she had around her. Mm -hmm. So her son, Fred, he bought her a cell phone and in June of 2010, she lost it. And Fred ended up turning off that service because he knew that the phone had been lost. But once it was found, she was absolutely pissed off. She assumed that Fred had done this maliciously toward her for whatever reason, even though he had never done anything like that. Yeah, very weird. Um, He'd never done anything like that in the past, but she literally refused to speak to to him for the for literally the rest of her days even after it was turned back on yeah so she never spoke with him again after this happened which is devastating um and fred he actually is quoted as saying she had a heart as big as florida as long Mm -hmm. as you didn't cross her (laughs) oh wow feels quite reminiscent of some people that i know as well (laughs) yeah um But so thankfully, she did have a friendly neighbor. She kept an eye on her. Her name was Kimberly Smith. Kimberly Smith was a registered nurse. And she made sure that Goldie had plenty of groceries and even spoke with her kids to ensure that she was taken care of, which is always a great thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, her name is Kimberly Smith. Remember that. How Um, many, um, sorry, how many kids did you say she had? I believe it's literally just Fred, but she had grandkids as well. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So like I say kids, I mean the whole lot of them. Yeah. Um, so a few months later, um, this is in, let's see, this was before August. I believe that the last time they spoke, yeah, it was June of 2010. So a few months after June, Fred received a package in the mail and he did not live in Florida. Um, the, it, this package was addressed to Goldie, his mom, and it contained the cell phone that Fred had gotten for her. Um, and it also had a note that read, don't call me Goldie. That's so weird. So eerie, right? <laughs> oh my God. If I ever received something like that from my mom, I would for, for one cry. Cause ouch. Yes, ouch. But also be so creeped out. Yeah, I would not, I would immediately think that something was wrong. I wouldn't assume best case scenario by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's exactly actually what Fred did. Like, he did not assume the best. He went months without speaking to his mom, even after trying her landline. Um, but finally, he was like, this is enough. So he called a friend of his in Florida who lived just a couple of miles from Goldie after he got this package and was like, Hey, look, John, like, can you run down and check on my mom? He packed his suitcase. He told his wife that he was leaving and he headed to Daytona with his daughter. So he actually drove through the night. He didn't even fly. He drove through the night arriving the evening of August 22nd. He found flower beds unkempt um, and weeds that were growing wildly. And Fred insisted I would not allowed a single weed anywhere in her flowers, which Mm-hmm. I love that about her. It reminds <laughs> me very much of my dad. Um, but he knew something was in very, very wrong. So ultimately, um, thankfully, he had the key to her trailer, but it didn't work. 
because the locks had been changed. Oh, shit. Yes. Yes. And her Ford Taurus wasn't parked in the driveway. So he called the cops, which would have done too. Um, They arrived and they forced their way into the trailer. Uh, Fred goes in after the cop had already come out and he found nothing literally nothing that belonged to his mother like everything was random the closet was full of stuffed animals yeah all of her knickknacks were gone the concern and the worry and the stress like really kicked in at this point so i would be tripping out like holy like am i even in the right place like i would have been out of body like my i absolutely absolutely would have been out of body like not trusting even what i see or like where Mm -hmm. i think i was yeah like you're saying like am i in the right place it's it's really scary um so investigators began looking into it and knew that based off of what fred had communicated about his mother that obviously someone else had been living there it she was not there anymore cops started talking with the neighbors to see if anyone knew anything about goldie and (laughs) this is where it gets really good i mean it's going to continue getting good but this is where it starts so all the neighbors said pretty much the same thing that goldie had met a millionaire and run off and eloped and was on an extended honeymoon. Uh, Sketch. Sketch. (laughs) (laughs) And not only that, she had signed her trailer off to a neighbor and she had left with only her essentials. Fred did not believe this. And neither do I. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't like, I immediately was like, I don't think so. I don't think that's true. Um, but Fred, so I love Fred. Like after watching this documentary and like looking up like stuff about this crime, like I love him. He's an older man at this point. And he is just like very frank, like to the camera. And he actually mm-hmm. is quoted as saying, until you talk to her face to face, I'm going to stand right here and scream. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that. Like, there are some people who are like, I just didn't know what to do. So I decided to go home and I just called my friends. You know what I mean? Or right. I went home and I was so depressed. But he was like, I'm going to be right here screaming. <laughs> I will stand here and scream. <laughs> and I love that about him. I'm like, yes, Fred, you find your mom. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> Fred was the only reason this case was investigated. And I wanted to just point that out because if anyone is listening who has a case that they're even mildly involved with the only reason that crimes get solved is because someone is incessant with Mm -hmm. the authorities and even if just one person is incessant with them and will not leave them alone progress is made so i just wanted to call that out like fred was literally the only reason this case was investigated you literally have to harass whoever you have to harass like the cops and everything mm-hmm. to get things done because like literally just, harass. I mean, yeah I mean <laughs> I get like there's so much that they're dealing with but at the same time like these you know if it's important to you yeah absolutely harass the shit out of them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah if you want answers you'll you will get them if you are tenacious enough mm-hmm. in life and in murder anyway <laughs> Back to the point. Um, so obviously, authorities were canvassing for statements in the neighborhood. Um, and everyone said the same thing. Goldie was on her honeymoon in Tennessee. Random Tennessee. I don't know. 
yeah why anyone would honeymoon in Tennessee but that (laughs) is apparently where she was and no one thought she was missing like not a single person in the entire neighborhood um and the only thing that they knew about this guy that she had married um was that his name was Rusty but literally no one knew him however there was a wedding photo that was shown to the neighborhood no way yes and it noted July 29th 2010 as their wedding date and it I we will be sharing this on the socials but it is on the left it is a photo of a man looking toward the center and in the center is the text like happily married July 29th and then Mm -hmm. on the right is Goldie facing toward the center as well so it's like this harmonious image it's not necessarily them you know hand in hand um but okay so it could have been like photoshopped exactly okay I mean, today, us in like 2023, when we've been like face tuning stuff for years, yeah. we're like, okay, well, that doesn't seem real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this was 2010. So maybe they were unaware. Um, okay. Anyway, that was, that was something that was shown to investigators and they were able to, investigators were also able to review court records to see if this wedding was real and if the claims were true because you know, weddings, marriages are legally documented. Um, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, there was nothing. That should have literally been the first thing that they did when they heard that. Yeah, literally. Like first Instead of flag. just being like, yeah, we're not going to investigate. Like, no, mm-hmm. you should look into that and then decide. If... <laughs> yeah, like, literally. Come on. So there was no documentation anywhere that proved that she'd been married. So, <sighs> all right. So do you remember the helpful friendly little neighbor Kimberly Smith um yeah okay well Fred told the police about her and told her she had been taking care of Goldie and naturally since she was close to Goldie they wanted to speak with her so when investigators went to speak with her she wasn't at home she Mm -hmm. was at the Orange County Branch Jail in Orlando oh good (laughs) good she was held on a parole violation on an old fraud charge for bouncing checks. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. So they went to speak with her and she claimed that her lawyer had misfiled paperwork with her parole officer. She did not know that until she had tried to renew her driver's license and was told there was a warrant out for her arrest. Kimberly confirmed that Goldie and Rusty did get married and were on their honeymoon however, was unable to offer any information about Rusty specifically. Um, she claimed that Goldie had been in love with him and just wanted oh, wow. to get away. So here's another twist. <laughs> <laughs> she, Goldie actually did want to get away. And here's why. So Kimberly did mention that there was a reason Goldie wanted to get away. Um, and that reason is Goldie had a roommate in Daytona. Since mm-hmm. 1973, which at this point, we're like in 1990. So this is a long time. Okay. Her roommate's name was Elaine. Um, and apparently, uh, Kimberly claimed that the relationship was torn apart. It was found that Elaine was taking out a life insurance policy on Goldie. And it oh. apparently upset Goldie and didn't know anything about it prior to this. So Elaine ended up moving out and Goldie vanished really shortly afterward. 
So let's just like sit with that for a second and move on. Okay. So when investigators <laughs> learned that, <laughs> they wondered if the insurance policy may be motive behind Goldie's disappearance, obviously. And investigators locate Elaine in Ormond Beach, Florida. So she stayed close. And thankfully, they were able to speak with her. And Elaine denied taking out the insurance policy. But she does confirm that she and Goldie had a fight and claimed to not see Goldie since. Investigators were hoping that Goldie, you know, could help them nail down some sort of timeline of her disappearance because there's no way of knowing when she had truly gone missing. Mm -hmm. But the last time Elaine claimed to see her was around July 4th. So, pause. Okay. Did anybody mention Goldie being the one to tell them, like, I met this man and I'm in love and I'm getting married or like no one they just no one heard it directly from Goldie no okay sketch yeah sketch. Very, very sketch <laughs> <laughs> um okay so there because there was no direct evidence con- connecting Elaine the roommate to Goldie's disappearance they had moved past her as a suspect but kept an eye on her as a person of interest so just a quick rundown. A suspect refers to someone who authorities believe may have committed the crime. And a person of interest refers to someone who authorities believe may have information related to the crime. So they're interested in a person, but it's not necessarily a suspect. So just wanted to clear that up really quick. Yeah. Um, strangely, though, one of Goldie's neighbors <laughs> calls law enforcement claiming they've seen Goldie's car driving through neighborhood weird (laughs) just the just the way that this whole story plays out i'm like how is this not like a movie like it actually sounds like a movie that was directed really badly and they should have written it better (laughs) yeah you know (laughs) actually that's like the perfect description (laughs) and i'm like what like whoever is doing all this stuff is dumb like that's just how i feel um but anyway they the officers, you know, are alerted and they pull the vehicle over mm-hmm. and two men are inside. So these two guys claim that they had purchased the car from a male individual several days earlier and they were upset because they weren't able to register it. So they came back to the neighborhood looking for the man who sold them the car so that they could get their money back. Mm-hmm. So now we have Elaine, her roommate. And then we have these random two men who are driving her car and we have um, her neighbor who's taking care of her and we have her son who's also in town who got her phone. Um, There's a lot of people here. Yeah. (laughs) That it really could draw back to anybody Um, until we find who sold these two guys Goldie's car. Who who do you think it was? (laughs) Was it Rusty? (laughs) No, it was Adam. It was a man named Adam Smith, Kimberly so Smith's son. Oh, shit. Investigators confront Adam and he explains that Goldie had left it to him as a gift when she left for her honeymoon. And obviously they're unable to confirm his claims. So they call in a tow truck <laughs> and have it taken processed for evidence. Into the night, cops are on the scene awaiting the car removal service to pick up the car. And, you know, all through the time that they're there, they recognize this scent that reminded everyone of a dead animal. Oh, no. 
<laughs> yes. Okay. The, I shouldn't be laughing. It's just the, the, the timeline of this and like the way everything plays out is so crazy. I can't help but be yeah. like, this is a movie. It's a movie. Okay. So when the tow truck enters the park, the truck's headlights cast, you know, obviously bright lights. Um, and there was actually a set of woods backed up to the mobile homes. And so the truck's headlights cast a light onto those woods. And in the light of those high beams, oh, cops wow. see something out of the ordinary. Um, they see a large trash can like in the woods with the lid off. And they actually make their way over to the trash can and they see a human limb sticking out of the trash can. Stop. Mm -hmm. So obviously the scene was secured immediately. A forensic team arrived early the following morning um, and the forensic team began removing the contents of the trash can and placing items and human remains into evidence bags. So Fred, thankfully, he wasn't there, you know, when they found this body but he did arrive on the scene that morning um and he saw that detectives were huddled in the area you know where the body was found and thankfully as he's walking over there a detective met him halfway and he said fred we found something it's not good and fred fred like immediately knew that it was his mom Mm -hmm. so investigators also believed it had to be her so the body hold on is it not <laughs> just hold on hold your horses oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> i know okay so the body was not able to be identified and so here's why um you know this i know this but for anyone who's not from florida something about florida that most people know is that we have heat we have humidity it is literally satan's armpit here <laughs> Please don't visit us. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, that like really hot, you know, ugh, ugh, just I, I literally don't know how to describe it as uh, anything other than like you're living in a sauna. Um, that yeah, weather. It's like you're is, swimming. It's literally like you're swimming through the air in midsummer, mm-hmm. like July, August. It's so bad. And this is, you know, when when this is happening in August. So unfortunately, that weather is the worst thing for preserving remains. Um, Mm -hmm. Those weather conditions cause bodies to to decompose very, very quickly. So because of this, remains had to be sent to the medical examiner's office. I mean, they would have been anyway, but there was literally no way of immediately identifying who this person was. Um, And then I just wanted to do like a quick call out. So I looked it up, but based on the Florida Department of Law Enforcement's website, a typical autopsy report can take at least 15 weeks to receive results. But in this case, results were available within just a few days. So when the medical examiners called Goldie's family into the office, they offered shocking news. Can you believe what it is? Mm, I don't know. The body was not Goldie's. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was right behind her mobile home, but it was not Goldie. It was actually a male body. No. And so the next step was to see how this body may have been connected to Goldie. So after this information began circulating the local news, thankfully a woman came forward wondering if the man found may have been her father. Um, he had run off recently, the year before, <laughs> and gotten married in 2009. Oh my God. 
um, he, his daughter had said that she'd received an email from him saying that he left the state to marry his nurse and she was unable to ever find him. And unfortunately, DNA did confirm that it was her father. It was 68-year-old Arthur Sheldon. He was a South Daytona resident as well. Um, So when asked, Goldie's family had never heard of him. And the fact that he was found in Goldie's neighborhood, literally in her backyard, essentially, was a mystery. Yeah, that's Um, insane. Yeah. So obviously, that like they were wondering, are they connected? Was this a coincidence? Um, so quickly, we're going to pivot and we're going to talk about Arthur Sheldon for a second. Obviously, with a body beyond decay, the cause of death is impossible to determine. Um, and since there's no scientific evidence available, there's was no way to confirm whether this awful disposal of his body was due to foul play. So they literally had nowhere to start except for in his home. They literally began simply in his home. And they found that he did have a live-in nurse named Dawn. Um, They also had found that he had cashed in a CD for about $90,000 before going missing. Basically, a CD is a form of finance that you can actually funnel in from a bank. So, like, you can purchase a CD and it gets you a higher yield rate of interest year over year. Than like a normal bank account, but I just like I'm like Backstreet Boy CD. Like what what are we talking about? (laughs) Had told him that she needed access to his bank accounts, and Arthur trusted her and gave her that access. Unfortunately, police began following the money and found that Dawn, his nurse, was withdrawing hundreds of dollars from his bank accounts even after he had been dead for months. Oh, okay. But the transactions were still being made, so. They started reviewing surveillance images and videos of um, this person, Dawn, who was cashing out, you know, CDs. She was going to the bank to remove funds. And on these images and videos, who do you think they saw? Goldie? No. (laughs) Wait, no. (laughs) No. Not Goldie. (laughs) I'm going to tell you. Okay. I'm dead. I said it. They saw Kimberly Smith. Oh, shut up. Yes. Kimberly had been going by Dawn because Dawn was Kimberly's middle name. (gasps) Oh, fuck. Yes. She was the only thread connecting these two cases. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's convenient that both of their stories are they ran off to get married, huh? delightfully convenient in a way that is so upsetting (sighs) anyway investigators raided kimberly's home and were in shock at what they found what did they think what what, what do you think they found they found rusty the man that goldie was allegedly married to was sitting inside kimberly's home on her couch dead no russell ryback aka rusty he was alive and he claimed that he didn't even know who Goldie was. All he knew was that she was a woman across the street. He said that he was living in Kimberly's home and that she was caring for him. And when what? asked about Yeah. And when asked about the wedding image of he and Goldie, he was completely unaware of any photo ever being taken. 
He's like, hold on. <laughs> He's that like, hold up, happen. hold up, hold up. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish, but real quick. <laughs> Kimberly had aliases all over the state of Florida. She oh. spent time in prison for writing bad checks, stealing IDs, mm-hmm. and come to find out she had no nursing credentials whatsoever. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, thankfully, she was in jail and she was able to be found easily. Uh, but when she was questioned again, she stuck to her story, which is mm. insane to me that anyone would just stick to their story. It was also discovered that Kim's son and his girlfriend, which later was her his wife, were the two people living in Goldie's mobile home. Oh, my God. Yeah. Kim tells people that they're living there because Goldie gave it to him as a gift. So not only did she give him her car, but also the mobile home. So. Um, and he, and he also, if you remember, is the same person who sold her card. So he's mm-hmm. at this point, um, an accomplice. He's an accessory. Right. So Kim's home was also near where Arthur's body was found. Um, and authorities were like, okay, well, Arthur's body was found near Kim and Goldie's yard. Could there be a second body buried in the backyard? Yeah, you'd think they would have checked that out. (laughs) Yeah, like, nearly immediately. So, I mean, I will say that, like, the way that it sounds like the story goes, because there are so many moving parts, it feels like it takes a long time. Yeah. But we're we're only at September 3rd. Like, right now, like, in the story, we're at September 3rd, 2010. It's only nine days after finding his body. Mm -hmm. Um, So, it is, like, a little while. Like, that's a week and two days. Like, that's a good vacation. You come back, you're like, what day is it? Who am I? I don't even know if I want to do this job anymore. (laughs) Like, that's kind of how long that is. (laughs) But they are like, okay, I guess we'll, like, go see if, you know, there's a little dead body over there. Like, no big deal. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, it's fine but they decide they're gonna go back over there they're gonna return they're gonna search the area and thankfully Mm -hmm. they also brought trained dogs because they are the good as boys and the dogs alert (laughs) to the area where arthur's body was found obviously because that's what they're trained to do and a short distance away from where his body was found they were alerting to an area where there was another body it was goldie well we'll see we'll just we'll just see (laughs) where is there another twist so well you just gotta look you gotta wait i know Um, i know (laughs) okay so so debris was pushed away and technicians began digging and then hours later dogs were just in upheaval they were barking and unfortunately in a shallow grave they did find a body four feet below the surface garbage bags and human remains were discovered and the remains were very badly decomposed once again but the thankfully the medical examiner was able to lift a single fingerprint and a few days later the identity is confirmed it was goldie oh wow you know for somebody who seems to have their hands in a lot of crimes she really did a poor job of very 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 badly the fact that they well for one like this arthur man is in goldie's backyard like practically Mm -hmm. goldie's backyard like why and then second of all for goldie to actually be in her own backyard Uh it's it's really weird like it, it, it just really reminds me of someone who is, quite frankly, like a serial killer almost, and they mm-hmm. want to keep those tokens close to them. Yeah. Uh, and it makes me wonder, like, if she had not, like, how many more people would she have done 
probably countless. I mean, this, this one man, Rusty, who she was claiming was Goldie's lover and husband Mm -hmm. was living with her and he, she was caring for him. So who, who knows what would have happened to him if, if authorities had waited, you know, even, even a couple weeks, who knows, but okay. So anyway, unfortunately, even though like we can be like, oh yeah, Kimberly totally did it. Like there's actually literally no evidence to prove that these two bodies were in connection to murder specifically. And there's no connection specifically to Kimberly other than the fact that they're on her property practically, which seems like enough, but it's really not. The quote unquote (sighs) death on both death certificates is listed as homicide, but the cause of death is listed as quote unquote undetermined. Mm -hmm. So even though Kimberly Smith was a caregiver for both Goldie and Arthur, And they were found literally on her property. There was no direct evidence that connected her. And authorities... (laughs) I know. So authorities knew that they couldn't charge her legally with murder, but they could charge her with fraud because she was still continually making transactions from both Goldie and Arthur's bank accounts. And wouldn't that be enough? For fraud, yes. Motive, yes. Evidence, no. Yeah. In a fun twist, it was found that Kimberly had purchased with one of Goldie and Arthur's bank accounts a trash can and a shovel. (laughs) So wow, okay. And uh, you'll we'll find later. I'm just gonna go ahead and say it now because this might be a small detail remembered later. But none of this ends up being enough. No way. Yeah. So let's just keep going, investigators that Kimberly had been also siphoning social security payments from Arthur after he had gone missing the method of payment for his social security was changed to be accessible by card which there's two methodables methodables oh my god (laughs) two methods um in which you know those social security payments are accessible and they were changed after he'd gone missing so of course it was Kimberly, and in total, Kim was netting about $2,000 a month between Goldie and Arthur. Like, was it really worth all of that for two k a month? Yeah. No. <sighs> no. Um, so, it just, like, it really goes to show that people will do the most awful things for barely any payoff. Just to, mm-hmm. just to not, like, have to go to work. Like, this yeah. is so despicable to me. It actually, like, it burns in my soul. Like, it makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's really not much more that can, can be done specifically in terms of charging for murder. In December of 2010, Kimberly, Adam, and Crystal, who's Adam's wife, um, they were all charged with multiple accounts of fraud and forgery thankfully. Um, and that was at this point, 13 years ago, um, in August of 2012, Kimberly was offered a plea deal and Fred actually did speak on this. And he was like, listen, everyone was worried about them going to trial because Mm -hmm. it, it could be that they could get away with nothing at all. But he was like, I can't get my mom back. He was like, I will never be able to get her back. I will never be able to see her smile again. You know, just really like emotional stuff like that. He's like, but if I can save one family 
from having to experience what I was, what I have experienced, I will accept a plea deal because it means she'll be put away. So that's Mm -hmm. what he did. He, he offered this plea deal. She accepted and she had a sentence of 15 years in prison. Not enough. Not enough at all. Adam and Crystal pleaded no contest and they were sent only three years in prison. What? Yeah. Insane. Kimberly is incarcerated at the Hernando Correctional Institute in Brooksville, Florida. She is eligible for parole this year. Mm, my God. People are literally locked up for longer over like weed charges. Yeah. Yeah. No charges were filed in the deaths of Goldie Robinson or Arthur Sheldon, and the cases were closed in 2014. Wow. So zero progress has been made in the last nine years um, in terms of, you know, finding out who either, you know, either the, the natural causes of death of Goldie and Arthur, which is highly unlikely considering they were put in trash bags right. and placed in either trash cans or underground um, or the murders. And quite frankly, I have an opinion on this. Like it's not my place to say who I think it is that I think everyone can kind of put two and two together. Mm-hmm. Um And I think, like, the scary part for this, like... You're like, I think it was Fred. (laughs) (laughs) No, when I tell you that, like, Fred stole my heart. Like, I watched this documentary of him, and he is just... He's an old man at this point, and he's so sweet. And, like, he spoke so highly of his mom. And, oh, they ended the documentary in the most beautiful way. They ended it with him. They were like, "What, what would you say to your mom if you could speak to her one last time? Oh, and it really got me. And he was like... I just want you to know you were an amazing mom. You did everything for us and I respect you and I love you. Like, and he just like started crying and he like kind of like sobbed a little bit and like, just like looked down and like did like a full face palm. And I like, I like choked up. I was like, this man, like, and, and really everyone who has suffered the loss of like someone being stolen from them before it's their time. Like, they Mm -hmm. experience like what you know what could I have said what could I have done like and just wanting to say one last final I love you it's just so sad it's so sad and I know that yeah like I am a little obtuse in terms of like how I tell stories because I do love the drama I do love the no way (laughs) (laughs) um but these these stories really do hit me just as hard as they hit anybody else. I think that's why I'm very interested in them because it's it really makes me feel something. There's there's right. a few things that really do, but that's the that is the very sad and unfortunate deaths and disappearances of Goldie Robinson and Arthur Sheldon. Wow, what an insane story! That literally the way you described it is perfect it's like a bad movie <laughs> a bad movie yeah you like just every turn you'd be like okay well when did this guy get in here yeah like who's this guy uh-huh why didn't you introduce him earlier you know that and kind it's of like thing? oh uh, sh- like just the way it all unfolded like the timeline and everything you're like what a stupid like turn or so but it's real like mm-hmm. what the fuck yeah literally what the fuck like and you think that like people who do i mean i've heard this on 
countless podcasts like the amount of true crime podcasts I listen to is like kind of obscene but every every single one they always talk about they're like the people who are the most bold with their crimes are the ones who think they're never gonna get caught they think they're Mm -hmm. so smart they think that they are above everyone else they're quite frankly a little narcissistic yes exactly and they they really go full bore on like the most selfish heinous crimes mm-hmm. and and they are the ones that get caught like thank god like i love that that for whatever reason the people with the complex to do awful things are also given the complex of thinking they're not going to get caught mm-hmm. and then they do exactly what they need to do in order to get caught like it yeah. is like a little bit of a blessing in disguise because if they were a little bit more secretive or like recognize that like they might get caught like god it'd be scary not knowing like you know not ever catching these people but yeah oh absolutely anyway i think that that about sums things up do you have any thoughts questions comments concerns um mostly just frustrations with how that was wrapped up like yeah i'm just frustrated with how they couldn't pin down the murderer and stuff and like why why does Florida have to be so fucking humid (laughs) (laughs) um well that I mean we are in a tropical climate but I mean I, I don't know it's just I'm sure the families are so frustrated like I can't even imagine being in that situation and being like I know who did this to my mom but like yeah that's just heartbreaking and also like I really can't imagine how these families feel like in terms of when these people were released because Adam and Crystal they were only sentenced to three years and I didn't Mm -hmm. do ample research there but I was only in 2010 so even if they had somehow broken parole of some kind or whatever and gotten you know back in jail for a petty crime like let's assume they did and they were back in jail for like five years they would have been in and out by 2015 which means Mm -hmm. like they're they're out or they've been perfectly fine this entire time it's it's literally been 13 years since this happened so yeah these people are out on the street yeah like the family knowing that these two people are out and also that Kimberly is gonna be out this year like yeah she so she is like out out this year right she's not just like eligible for parole no she was only sentenced to 15 years in prison so that's like max sentencing that she was sentenced to so she very well could be out right now I'm gonna do some research and and I'll give an update on one of our next episodes to see you know where they are and and give maybe even a call out to be like hey watch like call your grandparents like Mm -hmm. just just see how they're doing make sure that they're not with anybody named freaking Kimberly or or well I mean she's probably going by some random name now but yeah just take it go take care of your grandparents yourself you yeah know? just go do it yourself <laughs> run a br- background check on literally everyone that they come in contact with and keep them on a leash you know i mean it's yeah. the least you can do yeah <laughs> i just wonder why they could only pin her for 15 years like they i don't know I think it's simply because of the fact that she was offered a plea deal so if she mm-hmm. pled guilty um she like she it was already pre-written in the contract that she would accept 15 years in prison so i guess like 
if she were to go to trial, she might get maybe 30 or something like that. So maybe mm. her, her offer was tempting and that's what made her sign that plea deal. Um, Do you know how old she's going to be getting out? At the time of sentencing, she was 46. Mm-hmm. Um, she will do prison time for 15 years and she will also have 10 years of probation during which she cannot work for or have contact with anyone over the age of 65 legally mm. okay. so if she is so she's found, 61 yeah she's 61 we have to wrap this up but i just want to say like final call out here call your grandparents my grandma mm-hmm. I have two grandmas who are still living and they're both like 93 years old and they both need people in their lives. And that is the reality when we get old, like there's, it's scary sort of when we, when we like recognize that we're going to get old um, Mm -hmm. and that we do need help. But the reality is like someone will be helping them, whether it's you or not. Like if you don't want to be helping them, that's okay. Like that's really okay, but make sure they are okay make sure they're taken care of truly and Mm -hmm. that no one has access to their accounts or is taking advantage of them. Like it's. Yeah. I feel like that happens so often. So like not to the extent of murder necessarily, but just like older people getting their money stolen from them. Yeah. They've worked their entire lives to take care of their children, their grandchildren Mm -hmm. to make sure that they're financially stable and not a burden on anyone else. Like the very least you can do is make sure that they can remain self-sustaining in, in those terms, like if not actually be involved in their lives and and to speak with them. So obviously like I have a very specific opinion here. I love my grandmas. Um, Oh, and to be clear, it's they're not married. It's one grandma on one side and one grandma on the other. <laughs> I would love gay grandmas. <laughs> I would also love gay grandmas. They'd be so funny. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. I do have gay uncles. Oh, and they're yeah. my, like my favorite family members, honestly. Um, as they should be. Um, yeah. Thankfully, my grandparents are being taken care of by my parents, so oh, that. that is not anything I have to worry about. Yeah. And I mean, stuff can still happen there. Like there are some mm-hmm. shady like family members, but I know your family members. Yeah. <laughs> Mary. Like, they're, they're Mary's literally... like, money. <laughs> <laughs> she would absolutely never. She is literally like the angel of heaven sent to earth. Mm-hmm. She's I know. so gentle. Shout out, mom. Love you. <laughs> hey, Mary. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening and we love whoever you are. We love you and we hope you keep love listening. Ya. <laughs> love you. Mean it. <laughs> and our Instagram once again is at Florida girlies pod. You can find us there. Please give us a follow and a shout out. We'll shout mm-hmm. out back to you and we will hopefully see you later alligator. After a while crocodile.